So the title of tonight's message is I Dare You. Everyone say, I dare you. I dare you. And the purpose of tonight's message is I dare you to attempt something great for God. I, I, I just dare you to attempt something great for God. You know, we grow up making dares with one another. I dare you to do this. I dare you to do that. I, I double dare you. Has anyone ever been double dared before? Oh, well, okay, Courtney, look out. Did you do it? <laughs> yeah, of course he did. I remember one day I was um, down at Middleton Beach in Albany on the edge of the jetty and, um, and I was with some friends and I dared them, including myself, to jump off the jetty and swim to the pontoon and back. And you might not think that's a big deal. It's like 200 metres away. People do it all the time. But the thing is, it was at night and it was like the day or two after the most recent shark attack had happened at that beach um, where a guy was swimming innocently in the morning and a shark came and took both of his legs in his mouth, dragged him under the water. Um, thank God he was able to um, get his fingers out and poke the eyes of the shark and the shark released him and he made it back to shore thanks to two other brave swimmers who helped him into land. Um, and after that, it was funny because then the next day, I used to do morning swims as well, the next day we'd head down there and everyone's like not swimming out between the boys at the back, but like in like two feet of water, pretty much with their bellies scraping up against the sand. And I remember me, I was doing that this next day, I was swimming along my belly, belly, um, you know, off the surface of the seafloor. Um, and all of a sudden the sea bed underneath me began to move and I was like centimetres above a stingray. And straight away, I, th I thought this thing was going to pierce my chest and Steve Irwin flashed through my mind and I thought, I know. Um, but so in this context, we dared each other to swim from the jetty to the pontoon and back. And so I remember us jumping into the, into the water late at night, um, we're not late, 8pm, um, and swimming there and back. And I remember the last 10 metres, I'm just freaking out. I'm thinking, I'm just imagining this shark silently coming up, just grabbing me. And like shock sets in, I don't make a sound, and then all of a sudden, like, bloop, where's, where's Shapen gone? And I'm just imagining, and the closer and closer I get, I'm like, yeah! finally made it to the jetty, and I climb up. Everyone makes it back safely. But here's the kicker I was actually a youth pastor at that time, and these guys were people that I, the boys in our youth group that I'd taken out for a boys' night. Um, not very responsible. Youth leadership, Jaden, where are you? Don't get any ideas about taking youth through shark-infested waters. Um, but if you do, just don't tell me about it. Um, but, you know, we, we like to dare each other to do things, to take risks. There's another thing called, have, has anyone heard of rooftopping? Rooftopping. It's a craze sweeping the world where, where people climb skyscrapers and they do it without any safety gear. And they literally stand on the edge of buildings getting selfies with their selfie sticks doing crazy things like letting their and, and jumping between buildings and doing chin-ups like 150 metres above the surface. And many people have lost their lives, but it's this addictive thing that people are doing for their glory that they could be popular. And what I feel like God is looking for tonight is for those who are willing to lay their lives down or to put their lives on the line to dare to do something great for God for His glory. We're not, it's not about ourselves, but that God would dare us to do something with our lives so great that it would bring His glory. Because the reality is that God has set eternity in our hearts. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes that God has put eternity in the heart of man. But whether you're a believer or not, there's something within us that knows that there must be something greater than this for me to live for. I want to live for a higher purpose, something 
transcendent, something beyond myself. And this is what I believe, is that there's an, an innate desire in the heart of man to do something great for God. And that's what I believe God wants us to do tonight. And what God wants to do is, is to take people who are willing to lay it all on the line, all on the line, and He wants to unite us and intersect that with the power of God that's available, so that on our own we're powerless. But also with God's power without us, there's nothing that can be accomplished. But what God is looking for is, are there people out there who are willing to dare to lay it all on the line for His glory? And so tonight what I'm going to be doing is talking about three keys to being filled with the power of God. Three keys for us to be filled with the power of God in our life, that we could do something great for God. And the first key, um, we're going to have a look at the scripture from 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. And we're going to read that out. It says, The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. Again, the eyes of the Lord are looking, searching throughout the whole earth. He searches this room saying, Is there anyone? Is there anyone out there? Because why? Because I want to pour out my power in those people. See, God's desire, His heart is to bring the reality of heaven to earth. What's virtual, He wants to make real, and He does it through you and I. So the eyes of the Lord are looking. Is there anyone out there at all that I can strengthen, that I can pour out my power into? He looks, he looks for those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. The eyes of the Lord looks for those who, in other translation, it says, belong to Him. Those who are His. In other words, the one number one requirement for us to be used by God, for us to have the power of God flowing through us, is simply to be available. God, I'm available. I don't have it all together, but what I am, the first step, is I'm available for you. It's what God looks first for before anything else in our life. It's not about our personality or our gifting, our looks, our popularity, the first question is simply, am I available? You know, some of us don't have that much margin in our life. You know what margin is? Remember, remember that thing in, um, in, at a school with a line paper, you'd always have to draw a margin with your red pencil, and then you graduated to red pen. Uh, I never got to pen. But, um, and, and we had a margin, and it was to create this space on the page that was allocated there, but a margin was handy to making extra notes, extra unpredictable notes. Oh, really, for me, just drawings, you know, drawings down the margins. And, um, and, and what God wants us to do is create an intentional and be intentional about ruling margin in our life. Sometimes our time is so filled up with all these great commitments, but God's looking, is there someone available right now? This time, not everyone, it, it, gee, they're hocked up to the eyeballs with their time commitments. There's not an availability in their time. But what I want to encourage us to do is to be intentionally available with our time. And what I'm grateful for is a whole team of people here at Everlife that have created that margin. Some people leave, you know, 12 o'clock midday in order to get here in time or just after um, to spend hours of practice and um, for worship team and, and a whole range of other things, preparing food for dinner parties. It's a very holy skill. Those people that are preparing food for our dinner parties... It's awesome. Um, creating margin with our treasure. 
our time, our treasure, our finance. Sometimes we can be so hocked up to the eyeballs with commitment, but what God invites us to do is to create margin in our life. It's called the tithe or 10%. Um, and then over and above that, it's important for us to be intentional about how we can steward the gifts that God has given us and our talent as well. All of us have different gifts and talents in our lives and we can steward these and we can look after them. And primarily our gifts are given to serve Jesus, to serve one another. God is looking for people who are nimble. Um, you know, for me, what I came to realize is that most supernatural opportunities are disguised as everyday moments. I'll say it again. Most of the supernatural opportunities God gives us are disguised as everyday moments. They come to you in plain packaging. Um, Often, the way that God uses us isn't when there's the keyboard playing in the background to make you feel spiritual or, you know, like you're walking down the street and the keyboard doesn't all, you know, Jaden's not there just singing, doing the keys or Evangeline singing softly in the background or, but, but the everyday moments, oh, I'm a bit hot, it's a bit inconvenient, a bit tired, I need to get somewhere and it's just a normal everyday moment where that's our everyday life, um, but that's where God moves. He doesn't want to, he moves here, but he also wants to move out there in the world. I, I remember a time where some boys went down to have a swim at a river and, um, and God began to move. I was on my way to Sydney and we dropped off in a place called Mildura. And, um, and we, there's a team of us, a group of us, and we decided to join these other guys in swimming in the Murray River. And so we would be jumping out of the trees into the water. It was great. They're like, what are you doing? We're like, oh, we're going to visit schools and do some, some ministry in schools. And they're like, oh, you guys are Christians? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, do you guys like have sex? It's the, it's, it's the question that a lot of, sorry to be blunt, but it's, it's the question that a lot of non-Christians go straight to. They're like, oh, do you, do, so you can't have sex and everything? Is that like something? And I'm like, oh, no, you can. It's awesome. Um, God has reserved it for the context of marriage. And it's great. They're like, so you've never? I'm like, no. They're like, what? What? You know, it's so we're having this conversation, you know, going on with their friends down there at the river's edge. And before long, the bus that took us is like beeping in the background, going like beep, beep, beep. And, and we're having this chat. It's this everyday moment. We're in the river. We're in a rush. The bus is, the, the bus is beeping the horn. And what I realized is it's like the Holy Spirit just peeled back my eyes for a moment and opened my eyes. And I went, whoa. This is like an opportunity. And so I had like 30 seconds. I was like, hey, guys, listen to me. God loves you so much. He sent Jesus to die for your sin so that you wouldn't be guilty anymore, so you could know God who created you. And when you have a relationship with him, you'll discover your purpose for your life. Does anyone want to give their life to Jesus and say a prayer with me? There's like a group of seven guys standing there. And like, I think it was about three or four guys like, yeah, right. All right, yeah, I will. And their mates are going, what are you doing, bro? He's like, shut up. I'm giving my life to Jesus. <laughs> and so they're like, oh, oh, I didn't expect that. Um, how do I pray again? Um, Dear Lord Jesus, give my life to you. Amen. And they're like, catch you guys. Um, read the Bible. Um, listen to God speak to you. Talk to God and go to a church. Have a good life. See you in eternity. <laughs> you know, those boys went down for a swim, but they came back with salvation. And the glory goes to God. You know, just, just, just to be daring brings glory to God. Making the most of everyday opportunities. Another one was, you know, sure you got plenty yourself. I was at work. 
you know, concentrating on my computer. And I went downstairs to the receptionist and she, I, can't, I can't find my keys anywhere. I can't find, I've been looking and I'm so stressed and they're nowhere. And it's another one of those moments, plain packaged, but an opportunity for God to do something supernatural. And so I was like, hey, um, I'm a Christian and stuff and, you know, I can like pray. I think God hears me. But you're crazy. And, um, but do you mind if I pray that you find those keys? She's like, yeah. So I prayed, God, help her to find the keys. That's pretty much it. Amen. And um, so I went back upstairs. As soon as my, I hit the seat, my, the phone rang. She's like, I found my keys. It's unbelievable. I can't believe it. You prayed and I found my keys. And she came. Who, who, guess who came to church that Friday night? <laughs> you know, God uses us. Most supernatural opportunities are disguised as everyday moments. And the key to being used by God in those moments is to be available. God, I'm living my life. I've got my plans, but I surrender and I submit them to you. Another, word, another way to say available is to say set apart. That's what the, the word, original Greek word for church is. Ecclesia is literally gathering together for purpose. It's not just gathering together for a group hug, although that's nice. <laughs> it's actually God gathers us together for the purpose of bringing his love and his freedom into the world. And so we've been set apart. And I'm going to read um, a verse from 2, Tim 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 20. And it says, In a wealthy home, some utensils are made of gold and silver. Who's got gold utensils in their home? Really wealthy homes. <laughs> and some are made of wood and clay. Who's got utensils made of clay? <laughs> I've got a wooden one. The expensive utensils are used for special occasions, and the cheap ones are used for everyday use. Did anyone grow up having like a mum who had like a china cabinet in their house? Or like a cabinet was reserved for like, whoa, this special cutlery that no one ever touched. And you're like, who's that for? They're like, the special people. I'm like, where are your kids? Aren't we special? Don't we just have the china? <laughs> and they were set apart. They were, they were off to the side. They were set apart. They were ready to go and to be used for a noble purpose. And let's continue to read in the next section. It says, if you keep yourself pure, you will be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean and you will be, this is the key word, you'll be ready, on standby, I'm ready for the master to use you for every good work. Um, you know, we, we had a, a sink a few years ago that got plugged, that got, um, not plugged, but got blocked. <laughs> There's a difference. One's intentional, the other isn't. And some foreign objects made their way into the pipe and, and clogged up the drain and the flow stopped and it began to stink and it wasn't that nice. So what we had to do is get our plunger and <laughs> get that gunk out and eventually, and we poured Drano down there, you know, that chemical stuff that can just break all that and everything. And finally we got it clear and the flow started happening again. You know, this scripture... He's not talking about pure in terms of you've got to be pure to be acceptable by God. The fact is that Jesus has already made us holy. The fact is this isn't about salvation. I'm a child of God through faith in the grace that I receive from God. I'm a child of God. I'm in the family of God. I'm in the army of God. The question is, how is effective is the flow in your life? 
how effective and ready are you and I to be used for honorable use rather than just a common soldier? There's a common soldier, then there's the SAS troops on standby for Prime Minister Scott Morrison to give the call. There's something that I need, a hit on someone in Afghanistan and a thing. And anyway, I don't know what I should say online, but... But, but these SAS on standby, specially trained troops, ready on standby to do the elite business of helping deliver freedom. Um, and the truth is, like I said, it's not about salvation, but it's about are you being ready? Is, is your drain unclogged? Is there a purity in your life where it allows a free flow to flow through you, where the Spirit of God is freely able to flow through you in your life, rather than being blocked up and clogged. And this is what God desires for every single one of us. And, you know, when you go and have someone come to your house for dinner, do you use the cutlery on the sink that's dirty, or do you go straight to the drawer where there's a cutlery on standby ready to pull out of the drawer? Well, you go straight, you go to the clean. You bring it out and you give them a clean knife and fork. Hopefully, if I come to your house, I'd like a clean clean knife and fork. <laughs> Although it might have some additional bonus extra flavours on there. <laughs> you go for the drawer full of clean cutlery, not with a dirty cutlery. But do you know what? The good news is that we all get dirty at times, right? And the good thing is that, that, that in, in an instant we can all be made clean. We, we don't clean ourselves up by, saying, by promising, God, I'll never do that again or I'll make myself pure. In, in, in an instant we can be pure. 1 John chapter 1 verse 9 says, if you sin, if God is faithful and just. If we confess our sins to God, He's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You know, the blood of Jesus that represents His life and His forgiveness is like that Drano. He'll just pour that and just unplug, just unplug the way. It's like that detergent that can just wash us clean. And so when we're talking about purity, we're, being about, we're talking about being set apart. There's a readiness. There's a nimbleness. God, what's next? What, what plain packaging moment are you going to use for me to do something supernatural in my life? And I, I just, I'm just believing for us at Everlife, for every single person here this week, looking, as you, as you get your antenna out and you begin looking for those opportunities, we're going to see God move. And another way of saying being available is to simply say yes. And I want to encourage you to keep saying yes to God, to be a yes man, a yes woman, yes to God, yes to the Holy Spirit. Um, for me, a real key in my life in terms of seeing the power of God work in my life has been when I've said yes to the Holy Spirit, when I've said yes to opportunities. When, for me, when I've said yes to church leadership, they were able to invite me and, and to give me opportunities. As, as I said yes to them, I know it's hard, I know it's difficult, I know it's never convenient. Um, there's always a cost um, there's never any perfect time. Let me guarantee you there will not be a perfect time to start serving God. I guarantee you. It will always be convenient. But you know, God isn't, like we said last week, about our convenience. He's looking for our obedience. He's not about trying to lay out the red carpet so it's easy for us, although He gives us the power of the Holy Spirit to help us. But God is more interested in our obedience that will unlock the power of God in our lives. Um, and I just want to encourage us to never get familiar with the joy and the honor of serving God. You know, it's our honor and privilege that we get to serve God in this way. Um, first key was to be available or to say yes. Keep saying yes. The second tip or the second key is to simply to give God what is in your hand right now. 
Not what is in someone else's hand, but what is in your hand right now? And there's the account of Moses. You know, Moses dared to do something great for God. He attempted to do something great for God, but his first attempt was a complete failure. He went and he had a complete failure. At 40 years old, he fled the, um, the Egyptian palace and, and he went into the desert. He was isolated for 40 years, living in the desert, looking after his father-in-law's sheep. He went from the heights to the depths and he won attempt at doing something, at daring to do something right for God. But you know, the truth is that God didn't give up on Moses. Moses might have left it all behind, but God didn't give up on Moses. And it wasn't until 40 years later that Moses encountered the burning bush. But God spoke to him again. He said, Moses, I've still got something great in your life. I've still got a call on your life. I'm still inviting you to dare to do something great for my name. And you know, I just want to say as well for us that God, no matter where you are, the Bible says that the righteous fall seven times, but each time they rise again. It doesn't matter if you fall a hundred times. If you can, if you give up, I want to say, please don't give up, but continue Continue to dare to do something great for God. No matter how past your use-by date you feel, you're never past your use-by date with God. And so here's Moses, and, and he appeared before the burning bush, and then God spoke to him through the bush, and he said, Hey Moses, you're going to be the one that delivers Israelites from hundreds of years of slavery, slavery out of Egypt. And Moses is going, I thought I was obsolete. Like... I don't even have any of my own sheep. They're my father-in-law's sheep. What are you going to do with me? And Moses was making excuses. He's going, well, what can I do? But God asked him a question. He said, well, what's, what's in your hand? What do you have in your hand? And at that point, Moses is probably looking at his, the staff in his hand. He's thinking, it's just a bit of wood. Who, you know, whoop de do. <laughs> what can a bit of wood do? This is, in fact, this is kind of a sign of my weakness. You know, when I'm lacking strength, I use it to navigate the terrain, the rocky Israel terrain. But God invited him. He said, he commanded Moses to throw down this staff before God. And so Moses threw this staff before God. And as he threw the staff down before God, as it hit the floor, the supernatural power of God was released onto that everyday object and it turned into a snake. And God commanded him to pick it up again by the tail. So he did and it turned back to his staff. And God told him that this staff will be what you use to deliver my people out of Israel, out of Egypt. This staff is what he used to, to see the, the miracles performed that delivered the Israelites from slavery in Egypt. This common day, every, everyday common object was what God used to, to part the waters, to make a way through what was impossible for the Israelites, where they crossed through the, Dead sea, through the Red Sea over dry land. This was the same stick that Moses used to hit the rock in the desert to provide water for the Israelites as they passed through the desert. And this stick was the one that God used to deliver the nation of Israel into the promised land. And you know, some of us can discount ourselves way too, way too easily. You know, God appears to us in our burning bush moment. It might not be spectacular, but there's, a, there's something in you where you're like, man, I believe, that, I think, I think, I reckon that God might use me in this certain area. And there's, there's a desire for you to do it, but there's something in you that wants to cancel yourself out, disqualify yourself, because you look at what's in your hand, whether it's your own gifting, or whether it's your circumstance, or past failures, and you're going, well, I'm just me. I'm just a bit of wood. I'm not that special. 
But you know what is more important than your skill level? Is your level of surrender. Way more important than your skill level is your level of surrender. And as we take what is common in our hands and we surrender it to God and we say, okay, I've got to give you what's in my hand, that's where the power of God begins to move and God begins to do something supernatural in your life and through your life where you become like Moses, where the staff in your hand is something that God uses you. What, what are the things in your hand that begins to help other people be delivered from their slavery? What is in your hand, an everyday common thing that God can use to help you help people through impossible situations that they face? As people go through their desert times, that you can provide living water, streams in the desert for them to be refreshed and help people to step into the promises of God in their life simply by being, again, giving God what is in your hand. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says that you have been created beautifully, unique. You are a one-off. God broke the mold with you. You're a one-off, beautiful creation of God, a masterpiece. Ephesians 2.10 says, You are God's workmanship, a masterpiece, created to do the good things that God has designed you to do, that way in advance He's planned for you to do. You know, the Holy Spirit doesn't come, the, whole, the power of the Holy Spirit doesn't come on a fake. The power of the Holy Spirit comes on you, your most authentic self. And one of the greatest dangers that we can have from receiving the power of God is trying to be somewhere else. And it is so hard. It's a lot of effort to try and be someone else. I've tried and failed dismally. But I do okay at being myself. So the second tip is, or key, is to, to give what's in your hand to God. And then the third is really self-evident. When we, when we come to God and we make ourselves available, set apart, and when we give what's in our hand to God, then what we need is, number three, the power of the Holy Spirit to come into our lives. Um, early on in Jesus' life, or towards the end of Jesus' life, um, he had his disciples that were following him. And, uh, and these disciples, they were, they were like courageous, they were following Jesus. But when Jesus was crucified, these disciples that once were so close to him, they said, oh, we'll never leave you, Jesus. All of a sudden, they scattered. They fled like, like cowards. I think I would have as well, to be honest, but they, they were like cowards. They scattered in fear that the same thing that happened to Jesus might happen to them. But then three days later, when Jesus rose from the dead, all of a sudden, when Jesus began to appear to people for 40 days, for a 40-day period before He ascended and went to heaven, all of a sudden, courage began to flood back into the disciples' hearts. They're going, my goodness, these claims that Jesus made about Himself are real. We are onto something powerful here. And then you always know what people stand for by their last words. And towards the end of Jesus' time on earth, He said to His disciples, Freely you have received, now freely give. Freely you've received my grace. Freely you've received my power. You've received my love. Now freely pass it on. Pay it forward, if you like. You know, as a church, we say that we receive God's grace. We respond to His grace in worship. But now we have a responsibility with His grace. And Jesus said to the disciples, Go, go into the world and bring this good news and make disciples of all the nations. This word go in the Greek, it's in a present continuous state. So it's not like just go once. Oh, I went. <laughs> I've gone. I did it. But it's actually, no, no, as you go, as you go into your world, as you go into your workplaces, as you go into your schools, 
as you go into your families, as you go, we, we want to see the gospel reach every suburb and every house, every every sphere of society, in the media, in the arts, in the sciences. We want to see the gospel and the love of God reach every corner of the planet. And the eyes of the Lord are looking to and fro throughout the earth simply to see who's available, who will give me what's in their hand. And as we do that, the power of the Holy Spirit will come and make a way for you. Jesus told the disciples to go, but also He told them to wait. Go, but wait. He said, wait for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Wait for my power. Because without your power, you can do nothing. You can give it a good shot, but you'll fall short every time. But with my power, nothing is impossible. Jesus said in Acts chapter 2, verse 8, He said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you'll be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. So what qualifies us to receive the Holy Spirit? It's not for the superheroes. It's not for the spiritual elite. It's not for like pastors. It's, it's The Holy Spirit is for everyone. Acts says that in those last days, I'll pour out my spirit on servants, on men, on women, and, and young and the old and and, and everyone. And what, the only thing that qualifies us, there's one thing that qualifies us to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. And we'll read from Galatians chapter 3, verse 2, where Paul said, Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law? Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law and by cutting some sort of standard of perfection so you can qualify? I mean, you get a 7 out of 10, 10 out of 10. I don't. He's like, Of course not. Of course not. You can never receive the Holy Spirit that way because the truth is all of us fall short. All of us fall short. None of us can qualify by our own efforts to be sustainably perfect. But he goes on to say, you receive the Holy Spirit because you simply believed and had faith in the message that you heard about Christ. This gift of the Holy Spirit isn't just for the superheroes or the experts but for anyone who is simply receive from God in a moment of time. And you know, the, 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 um, the disciples gathered together, 120 of them gathered in what was called the upper room. They spent time seeking God. And then the gift came. The gift of the Holy Spirit came. And they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. There's a rushing wind in the room. I would have loved to have been in that room that day. The tongues of fire that came upon them. And the power of the Holy Spirit came with such a force that a revival broke out in that place. And from that place, the gospel went to the ends of the earth. You know, being what's called baptized in the Holy Spirit or being filled with the Holy Spirit is both a one-off event, but it's also a continuous thing. You know, the Bible says to be ongoingly filled because if it's a one-off event, we all leak. But we also need to be continuously filled with the Holy Spirit. It's no good drinking water once. I've drank my water. I'm all good. <laughs> Are you really? It's a one-off event, but it's also a continuous event. And what we want to do just tonight, in a few moments after we sing a song of worship, is we're, we're just going to be praying for anyone at all tonight. Just not for long for each person, but during the worship song. And anyone who will, but we'll take our time with it, um, is to pray for every single person to have a fresh touch from God a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. It's not that complicated. We're not, we're not asking you to do anything weird or get some super spiritual pose on or... Oh, uh, that's better. Or anything like that. It's just, but, but it's about positioning. God, I want, I want to position 
myself before you. I want to be available. And tonight during worship, what we're going to do is invite people to come forward out of your seats. And maybe that can be your outward stance of saying, God, I make myself available to you. And your positioning, maybe the lifting of your hands can be, God, I want to give you what's in my hands. And I simply want to receive by faith, just a refreshing infilling of the Holy Spirit. Because God is who we're here to meet. We've got such a limited capacity on our own. But God wants to extend your capacity way beyond what is possible for you. And before we do that, I just want to share just one final thought. And it's this. You know, I'm talking about about daring to do something great for God, right? All of a sudden, if you're like me, when I was 21, I'm thinking, that means you're going to sell everything I have and I'm going to fly to Sri Lanka and I'm going to land there with no visa and no money just like see what God does. It's, um, yeah, well, that might just be a little bit foolish. And I'm glad I didn't. But you know what? Every great destiny starts with a seed. It starts with a seed. There's a kingdom principle called a seed. And often the largest things on the earth start with a tiny little seed. You know, God has deposited, I believe, the seed of a dream, the seed of destiny, the seed of greatness, the seed in so many of us, in every single person, and it's up to us to water it. It's up to us to continue to make ourselves available, to continue to say yes to the Holy Spirit, to continue to be filled again with the Holy Spirit, to water that seed. And I believe that as we continue, every step that we take is significant in the sight of God. And I want to encourage you not to judge your level of fruitfulness by the side of your seed. Don't judge your level of fruitfulness by the size of your seed because in every seed, there's unlimited potential. Don't judge your fruitfulness right now, but know that God's planted a seed in you to be fruitful throughout your life. That At the end of your life, you can look back and go, wow, I'm a big redwood tree. I'm a great oak tree and it'll produce so much fruit as I continue to make myself available to God. I thank you for every single person here. Lord Jesus, maybe right now you just want to lift up your hands right now to heaven. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're in this place. And I speak a refreshing sense of your presence, Lord, over every single person in this place right here, Lord. God, every single person online right now who's listening, Lord, God, I pray for a fresh wind, a fresh fire, Lord, God, a fresh sense of your presence, a fresh sense of your power, Lord, God, to blow out the cobwebs, Lord. For those that feel blocked, Lord Jesus, right now we just pour out the Drano, the detergent, of the blood of Jesus that cleanses us, Lord, and sets us apart to be pure and ready, Lord God, on call for what you want to do through us, God. I thank you that right now you unlock destiny, Lord God. I pray for a sense, Lord God, of your water, Lord, that will come and water the seeds of destiny, Lord, the seeds of dreams that are in people's hearts, Lord God. I thank you that you want to raise up an army that dare to do great things for your glory in this place, Lord God. I thank you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Hey, something that we love to do at the end of every single service is to give people the opportunity to begin a relationship with God. Uh, maybe tonight you've, you've never had a relationship with God. I just want to say it's just so simple that God desires a relationship with you. And his hand, in His hand is an open invitation for you to receive His forgiveness so you can begin a relationship with Him. And right now, I want to say a prayer. I would love to say a prayer with you that can start that relationship with God. The prayer is very simple. It's saying, I'm sorry, God, for what I've done. Would you forgive me? I'll give you my life. Uh, Maybe tonight you've also drifted from God for many years, but tonight the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and you want to lay it all on the line. You want to draw a line in the sand and say, tonight I'm stepping 
over. I'm stepping over to continue my relationship with God, to restart my relationship with God. And I want to step into the destiny. I don't want to just live life my way, but I want to be available, set apart for God to do something great through me. And so with all eyes closed across the room here in this moment, if that's you tonight and you want to be included in this prayer tonight, then I'd love you to be bold and courageous and put up your hand nice and high so I can see it, so I know to include you in this prayer. That is so awesome. Thank you so much. That's so good. Put your hand down. That's great. So, such a courageous decision. Life will never be the same again, ever be the same again. Is there anyone else in this place? If you're watching or listening online, I don't know where you are, you're somewhere, but if that's you, you can raise your hand. Pray along with me. Is there anyone else in this place? Just to give a few moments. We don't want to rush this because we honour the opportunity that every single person can have. If that's you tonight and you want to say yes to God again, or maybe for the first time, put up your hands nice and high so I can see it. Thank you, Lord. That's awesome. Hey, I'm stoked about this one person. With all of our eyes closed, why don't we, why don't we repeat this prayer nice and loud after me each line. Dear God, I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you forgive me. I believe that Jesus died on the cross and he rose from the dead to forgive me for my sin and to give me eternal life. I surrender my life to you. Would you come and fill me with your love? Fill me with your spirit. I'm going to commit my life into your hands from this moment to that moment I see you face to face. I say yes to you. Yes to your plan for my life. To your adventure for my life. In Jesus' name.